everybody, I'm Jeff, and this is Casual Chats in a Parallel Universe. My dad and I have been having daily conversations about family, history, life lessons, movies, news, music, and more. Now we are sharing these chats with you. So welcome to our podcast, and we hope you enjoy. We're coming back from a little bit of a break. Had yeah. a little bit of a break, and we're coming back. Yeah. We're excited to be back. And we just want to thank everyone out there who's listening right now. I think very appreciative. We didn't expect really anybody to be listening. Um, yeah. And this was sort of just a labor of love for us. And I, I think we're excited about it. I totally agree. I think where it's, it's going. I mean, we have fun doing this anyway. Right. Just but, talking to each other. But to... To find out that people might be interested in listening to it, that uh, to our that in and of itself is <laughs> uh, is exciting. Yes, learning that people have an interest in uh, both what you have to say and how you do it. Who so, would have thought? Yeah, how yeah. about that? So, but uh, yeah, the, I big thank you. Yes, to uh, everybody out there. Speaking of interest, uh, we've had some feedback from yeah. the listeners, and uh, they they were intrigued by the your business kidnapping story. Yeah. And there was uh, questions about a part two to the story. Yeah, like what happened? Right. What happened uh, right. after we did talk about some of the what happened, but it was more dealing with our personal travails in leaving Denver and uh, – uh, the families leaving Denver and moving. Yeah, I mean, you kind of glossed over once we got back to Jacksonville. That kind of was more yeah, or less just, the end of the end yeah, of the story, yeah. at least. But from what but I there recall. there was a lot more to that story. Absolutely, uh, and of course, it, it it couldn't be just a simple ending. It with uh, the Koglers, it has to be. Very complicated. Yes. And and we it, prefer it that way. Yeah, of course. It's it makes things much more interesting. <laughs> and if it if it is gonna be a simple ending, we prefer to make it difficult just so that it becomes more complicated. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a psychological element there we're not not totally aware of. I mean, you could definitely ask Stacy and she would probably agree. <laughs> she would agree. I like to make I'm things sure. as difficult she, as possible. The Kochlers and their intrigues. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's see. I think well, we talked about the fact that that uh, this the basically it was a business deal that went bad, and we talked about the personal stuff. So uh, what where we were, I think, is that um, the authorities became involved. Of course, I, we mentioned the about FBI. the FBI, yes. but in addition to the FBI. Um, the county uh, attorney, the district attorney, became involved because in, it, w- it was a crime. In I mean, Colorado. This is in Pitkin County, uh, Colorado. Okay. Oh, but geographically, we were back in Jacksonville when this happened? When this attorney, well, just no, the DA became? No, no. He became involved, you know, he, he became involved kind of a- as things once the FBI became involved, the FBI made the police 
and the dis- district attorney aware of what was going on. Okay. And uh, that's kind of the way things work in the criminal justice system. Sure. I'm just trying to yeah. understand timeline-wise. No, no, we where... were still, it, it was kind of, I don't know whether this was uh, really delved into, but you guys, meaning the family, you and mom and Lisa, left. We stayed. And uh, we, meaning Bill and I. So we went to Pittsburgh. You guys ahead left, of you went guys. to Pittsburgh, right. Along with Bill's family, right? Yeah. And well, he had two children as well. He right? had two children yeah, yeah. as well. And uh, so you guys had left. We stayed. We hired a lawyer in in Denver to help us in dealing with the, the I guess, the district district attorney and to help us through this entire situation. So once that happened, um, they were advising us, you know, we were, we were meeting with them. We were meeting with the FBI. We were trying to uh, get Paul, the guy that was the, the oh, we're, na- guy. we're naming names. We no, no, not- we're not giving any, oh, okay. any, any other names. We'll other just than call that. him Paul. We'll call him Paul. Okay. Could be, Paulina or uh, Piddly Piddly, you know, right. whatever. Okay. Well, Piddly Piddly th- could be more fun. We're, yeah, yeah, we're going to call him Paul okay. to, 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 for just a name. So it, there was an attempt to try to get him on the phone mm. and to get him to admit certain things. I called him and we tried to get him to get engaged. And he was, you know, he was very guarded in the way he talked and I said things like, why did you do what you did? I didn't, you know, mention the word kidnapping. I said, right. why did you, why did things devolve into what happened? And, and uh, he said, well, it was because I felt lied to and, you know, uh, this, that, but he didn't say anything specifically that would, was it like an aha moment? Right. Um, so, but we tried that a couple of times. It just didn't work. And, and where were you guys, like, but this was in Denver. No, we no, no, no. I understand that. Yeah. But so you guys stayed in Denver. Were you ever like in fear for your life or anything? Because you, because you had said the FBI was like, you guys need to kind of get the hell out of here. Well, and, I mean, but you guys stayed. You got involved. Where, where were you staying at a hotel? Would you just go no, no, home? We, you know, we. I mean, we still had our houses. Yeah, but you said he knew where we where yeah, we but, lived and yeah, stuff I mean, like that. After you know the couple of times that I talked to him on the phone, mm-hmm. it sounded like, you know, from his standpoint anyway, it things had kind of cooled down. The threat level had Threat come, level. We were at DEFCON. Definitely. Uh, like four at that point. Yeah. Right? Because DEFCON one, one is awful. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. We were definitely. We were the three. Uh, I'm, going we were by, three. I'm going by war games. Yes, I remember uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. We're back to that. So I would say it was a three at that point. Hadn't gone all the way down to DEFCON four, but we okay. were- we were much less concerned about an imminent threat. Gotcha. So, um, so the district attorney got involved, and and they started, you know, investigating. You know, they started looking, after your fail after the failed phone call attempts yeah, didn't really produce yeah, anything. Yeah, the, the, I mean, they were investigating. Of course, once they get involved in it, the victims really have nothing to do with anything. Gotcha. You know, we provide our position and our viewpoint, everything that act, we give the facts of what happened. Right. And then they take that and they run with it. 
And so that's what they were doing. So I have no idea what what they were doing. Uh, on our side, I, I think at that point, that's when uh, <clears throat> the decision was made to just go ahead and leave. There, there wasn't really, the business was shut down. There wasn't really any requirement that we stay in Denver. So we, we decided to leave and we left. And so what was the window of time between uh, when the families left and then when you decided that I, it was know, time for you my, to go? You know, mom remembers these things more detailed than I do. I think it was probably something in the nature of between a week to two weeks. Okay. Uh, where they were, where the families were in Pittsburgh, but Bill and I were in Denver. Right. So once that decision was made, you know, we left. Sure. Um I, I, I just don't recall how long we were in Pittsburgh. It didn't yeah, seem like it was like that. No, I don't long. think it was that long. So maybe it was uh, closer maybe to it was a two week. weeks. Yeah, yeah, week two weeks at the most. And I think then everything kind of just. But that's fine. I mean, we don't have to get everything into the weeds fell apart. Of that. Yeah. But but so but getting back to the situation in Denver. Yes. So while we are we are sitting there, my brother, or or our I should say. Our lawyer in Denver was talking about uh, a civil suit because, you know, you're talking about two completely different situations. One, you have, you're going, you want to go after somebody criminally. Right. Well, that's not me going after them. That's That's, the state going after them. And if, depending on what happens at trial, if the state wins, they go to, well, they get some type of criminal punishment. Sure. and, but on the flip side, in a business situation like this, you would attempt to file a civil suit to try to recover money damages right. from this. Uh, and, and and emotional damage as well. Well, right? yeah, but I mean, the, the, you know, we lost all the money that was in the company. Sure. He had committed to make an, an investment, didn't do it. So there, were, there was still a substantial amount of money potentially. That was involved. So we were going to use this lawyer in Denver who we liked. I mean, he's a nice young guy, very aggressive and and well-known in the community. And I was, you know, I ended up talking to my brother about what would, you know, what did, what, what were his thoughts on, you know, and he. Who is, who is also a lawyer. He is. He's, right. he's a tax lawyer like I am, or I was. And, um. He said, you know what, you have got to get in touch with my this lawyer that we use out here in California. He was in California at the time. He said, this guy is just incredible. He's the best, the best of the best of the best. I said, okay. Well, okay. Well, let's get in touch with the best of the best of the best. Sure. And he's your so brother. So he, you yeah, know, you he's take- got my best interests at exactly. heart. So he's he's telling me. Giving me the best advice that he's got. The best of the best advice. Best of the best, will. right. Um, and so once he gives me the best of the best, he introduces me to this guy. And this was strictly, everything was by telephone. But uh, I talked to this guy, seemed to be, you know, very smart. Uh, you know, one of the, you know, whatever he was, Harvard, he had a very impressive background. And then he came with the recommendation of my brother. You know, this guy had had detailed 
involvement with him, his mm-hmm. negotiating skills, you know, his his business and legal acumen. So said, hey, okay. So his idea was to um, find out who was representing Paul and to talk with Paul. I mean, talk with, uh, I'm sorry, the Paul's lawyer. Yeah. And, um, you know, get into telling him that we planned on filing a lawsuit and uh, to discuss the whole situation. Is that a we, normal we, course of action in a yeah, civil suit? In, in, well, in civil suits, you... You, you try to press to, to settle? Is well, that of course. Kind of I mean, the, the, the first thing you want to do is you want to see if you can scare the other side. Right. You know, the mere threat of a lawsuit, in some cases, is enough to get people to move. Uh, in others, a threat is not doesn't do it. you got to file the lawsuit. Uh, in some cases, the lawyer will draft the lawsuit, and he'll send the copy of the complaint, which a complaint starts a lawsuit. Sure. It's a written document. And he'll send a copy of the draft to the other lawyer without ever filing it. And a lot of times the other lawyer, once he sees the complaint and talks to his client, he may say, you know what, let's let's just immediately, no need for litigation. We're not going to spend a lot of money on lawyers. Let's see if we can come up with something. Right. So this that's what this guy attempted to do. So he first he contacted, you guys contacted the other lawyer and said, hey, we're thinking about filing a lawsuit. Well, this is something I only have heard what this guy, the the lawyer out in California, told us happened. And then we had got further information from another source uh, afterwards. So the guy definitely uh, got in contact with your lawyer. (laughs) The lawyer, my lawyer, our lawyer got in contact with Paul's lawyer. Lo and behold, they knew each other either through law school or other cases or whatever. They knew each other. So, wow, you know, this is this is not just somebody out of the blues, somebody they know each other. Yeah, there's connection there. So, um, this guy, our lawyer, during the negotiated the discussions must have intimated either outright or, you know, just intimated that we would consider dropping the loss, the, uh, the criminal matter. Um, and this for for the people had that you are, intimated to no, him no, no, that no, you no, would no, consider no, that no not in not initially but once he said it, you know the the response to us is is I've had a discussion I'm a, the our lawyer talking to us I've had a discussion with this guy this other lawyer right. and they are amenable to trying to pay money you know button this thing up. And let's just forget the whole thing happened. Right. Okay. Okay. That's what he told us. That's what we heard. Uh, what turned out to be on tape, because what happened was, is the other lawyer, Paul's lawyer, 
taped all of the conversations. It turns out Paul's lawyer was much smarter than our lawyer. Mm, so the best of the best, best of the best, best of the best. <laughs> turned out not being the best of the best. Of the not best. quite wily enough. No, no, not at all. Um, and I gather that there were other, there, it wasn't just one conversation. These were multiple conversations. So for people that don't understand the law, I will tell you that if somebody intimates to the other side that they are willing to drop a criminal prosecution in exchange for a money payment, it can be considered extortion. Oh. So if you you know, get into a situation with somebody and say, hey, listen, uh, I, you know, your, your uh, manager of your store accosted me and, and uh, you know, did all this stuff. The manager says he didn't do it, but uh, I'm willing to drop the criminal side of the case if you'll just pay me. Sure. It can easily, the, the authorities, because that's who would bring an extortion claim, would look at that as a possibility of an extortion. So what ended up happening is, is this, the lawyer for, for Paul, after he got our lawyer on tape, went to the district attorney and played the tapes for him and essentially said the same thing to the district attorney. Look, I don't, I don't think any of this happened at all. I think this whole thing, this whole scheme on, beh on behalf of these Beefalo guys was to basically extort my client. This never, none of this happened. This is just BS. Wow. Tables turned. Tables turned. So, but uh, let me <clears throat> ask you this, and I don't want to get too far off on a tangent, but is it, isn't it illegal to record somebody without them knowing no. that you're recording each, them? Each state, each state has a, its own laws with respect to recording. Some states are require both parties to uh, to agree to the taping. Uh, in a, in a lot of cases, the states are one party, so either party can tape a conversation without disclosing that they're taping it. Oh, interesting. So it's up to you to check your state law to find out. Gotcha. So now, in Colorado, obviously, only one person. Yeah, only one person. Needed to know. Right. Ouch. Well, I did that. And then you get into these questions. It's a conflict of laws because you had both of these guys were in California. Oh. So California's law may apply. It's again, this is a very complicated area of the law. But anyway, you don't want to get too deep no, into that. No, no, I don't. Yeah. But, but, um, so anyway, so it, it, and of course, this is happening over a period of time. This isn't, you know, one day, bang, bang, two bang. days, and yeah, it's yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. No, no, this is all. Are we talking years? No, no, no. This no. is, this is weeks. Okay. Because it's drawn out. You know, you have, this our lawyer who's you know got other things he's doing besides just dealing with us. I don't out, know. That seems like a pretty high profile case. I mean, come on. Oh yeah, uh, not really. <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things, I mean, there was there was substantial money involved. Sure. But, but was it enough to uh, you know drop everything else and go running around? No. Uh, and and it, it 
practically speaking, it was phone calls. I mean, this guy wasn't doing a bunch of legal research. He was trying to uh, basically bargain a deal. Right. And that was it. Uh, once once he thought the other side was willing, oh, hey, maybe we can just do this. Yeah. So I think it was weeks. It wasn't anything. So, um, and of course, we didn't know, you, you know, first of all, we didn't know anything of any of this at the time it was going on. Right. He's all doing this on your behalf. He's, and he's doing, exactly. And and the whole thing with the DA and, and Paul's lawyer, you know, contacting the DA, we didn't have any knowledge at all that this was happening. Right. So by this time, you know, we had left, we had gone back, you know, we had left, gone to Pittsburgh. Mom and I made our decision. We left. We went back to Jacksonville. And I'm trying to put my life back together. Right. You know, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do, which, of course, was to open, reopen my law practice in Jacksonville. So I'm, you know, going on merrily, you know, about uh, doing my business. So uh, as part of this, um, our lawyer... And this was our, I think, the Denver lawyer that we had had been in touch with the Pitkin County DA. And the Pitkin County DA wanted us, he wanted to depose us Mm -hmm. uh, to get our side of what what had happened under oath and, you know, and completed. Sure. So we're at during this time period, of course. Our lawyer, this is the the California lawyer, is telling us, well, we may want to soft pedal this. You know, we we don't want to we don't want this this uh, criminal prosecution to get started. You know, before we negotiate this deal, right? This is the this is the advice he's giving us. So he's saying maybe you know, and you still don't know. No, no, all this other stuff in the background. No, going because on. because as far as we know, and then that includes our lawyer, the one, the California lawyer, he thinks this deal is moving forward, right. and, and they're gonna they're gonna. We're talking about a a high six figure deal. Sure, you know maybe three quarters of a million dollars or more. Yeah, and where so, and where we were at that point in time financially, that would have been. Quite helpful. Oh yeah, yeah, no question. And 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 it would, it would have gone to the heart of this question of of making us whole for what happened, right? So yeah, it, it definitely that amount of money sounded reasonable to us. <laughs> I'm sure. So they, you know, we're in Jacksonville, and you know, but now the DA is pressing, you know, and and so these negotiations are going, and um. He issues a subpoena to me for me to appear to give a deposition. Mm. And, you know, our guy out in California is telling us, well, you know, maybe you can, you know, just duck it, duck the subpoena. Meaning, I don't know how, how like you said, deep you're sick or something like that. No, just no, because like it, in order, and I don't want to get too much into the legalities, but in, in order for, a state or or a party or anybody in a legal proceeding to be able to get the other party involved, they have to serve that person with a paper. Gotcha. The complaint right. or a subpoena or yeah. something like that. 
So in order to do that, they have to they have to physically, physically, you have to hand, physically grab yeah, it. Yeah, you can't just lay it on his doorstep. Right. You have to physically hand it to him. Yes. So when they when you talk about ducking a subpoena, it means, you know, when somebody shows up at the door, uh, if they show up at the door or at your law office, uh, you're just conveniently not available. Right. You're you're not there. And that that happened for a while. Until, you know, based on our advice from our counsel. Okay, so that that starts to make sense to me because I, re- I recall, and, and I always thought it was maybe because we were in danger, but now that makes more sense to me because I recall people coming up to our door at home. Right. And mom rushing us into the bedroom and being like, everybody, shh, everybody, we're, we're not here. We're not here. That's right. And I don't think the, you were there at that time. You were well, you were somewhere else. But right, I, guess, I was at the office. I, bet, or, I guess they could serve mom your subpoena. No, to, no. no, okay, no. but maybe she just didn't want to, no. us to be a part of anything. So well, she was she was just being overly cautious, right? And saying you know, and I mean, just not answering the door at all. Ultimately, she would she did answer the door, but she told them that uh, I wasn't living at the house because we had split. Which of course was not true. Oh wow! Uh, and and but uh, maybe after a couple of times she considered it. She did. <laughs> I think definitely she was considering it at that point. But no, the, to this day, that's interesting. So that's kind of a revelation for me because to this day, I always thought it was because we were in no, some sort of danger, no, no. and so she, it was, we were. It was because from, of this whole situation. Okay, subpoena. interesting. So uh, then finally. Uh, this whole situation. So you were ducking the subpoena. Yeah. Yeah. And this whole situation with um, with our lawyer, the tape stuff, and the DA came out. And all of, the, all of a sudden, the California lawyer became aware of what, what had transpired. How did, how did it come out? And it, oh, the it? DA told him. Oh, Told your lawyer. Yeah. Hey. Oh, yeah. He said, listen, We're this whole thing is stinks. starting to smell to high heaven. Yeah. Uh, one, you know, we're not, you, all of a sudden your client is not available to testify. Uh, the other lawyer is claiming that this is all a sham and just to extort oh, his client. And oh my God, you know, this, and, and, and all of a sudden I'm beginning to wonder, what happened to the best of the best of the best right. here? What what are we relying on? Because the the DA even talked about uh, the lawyer in California may ha- may be having some culpability in this whole thing. So they were they were even considering the lawyer in California because he's the one who that was started that all this raised crap. this whole thing, right? And. So he's the the lawyer in California got very scared. Understandably very scared. so. He put himself in a really he he really compromising put himself situation. in a very compromising yeah. situation. So this thing was really turning into a cluster, a real cluster. Typical Kogler scenario, yeah. right? Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so then once. This all this revelation came about, and the lawyer out there, I'm going, oh my God, what in the hell have we gotten ourselves into? So now I say to myself, because I don't, I'm I'm not 
you know, getting rid of Bill or anything or throwing him under the bus. Right. But I'm saying to myself, I need to find a, a lawyer in Denver that is really, really sharp. Yes. And I mean the best that I know is the best, not my brother, not anybody else that I, I know. Sure. So I start doing research. We're living in Jacksonville, but I start making some calls. I also talked to that lawyer in Denver that we had we had originally talked to, which this was kind of beyond, you know, what he was really an expert at. Yeah. yeah. And so I finally fastened, fastened on a lawyer, uh, and I don't mind saying his name, uh, Jay Horowitz. Uh, nice Jewish lawyer. Well, it, that was part of it, but mainly it was because he had been a Watergate prosecutor. Oh, wow. He was part of the Watergate prosecution team uh, during the Nixon administration. And so he was, this guy was a super de duper uh, criminal lawyer. Well, and he had dealings with recordings and them being oh, used yeah, in court. Yeah. And yeah. Well, not that only that, so. but. He had he had he knew the Pitkin County prosecutor personally. You know, he had had a number of trials with this prosecutor, right. so he knew him, and you know, he knew the system and and whatever. And at the same time, I decided to find myself a lawyer in Jacksonville that could advise me as well, uh, because you know, here I was ducking subpoenas. And then it gets very complicated because I'm a lawyer. You know, the normal the normal person that's ducking a subpoena, no big deal. Right. But a lawyer who's ducking a subpoena is, you know, it, it calls into question uh, issues with the bar association. Yeah, I was going to say. It's, yeah, it's it's not a good it's not a not a good move. So was there concern that you could be disbarred over? No, this? well, there, there, there's always concerns. It wasn't like anybody said something, right? But um, I, I called a. Uh, you were getting ahead of it, yeah, just in case. Yeah. I, I called uh, Hank Cox, who was, you know, was and is uh, an attorney in Jacksonville, who I've dealt with for many, many years, and Hank basically. Uh, I went in to talk to him and told him the whole story. He says, are you out of your mind? He said, what in the hell do you think you're doing? And I said, well, you know. It's the best of the best of the best. I said, the best of the best of the best. This guy told me. He said, I don't care what this guy told you. He said, you got to worry about your your bar card. You got to worry about your practice. You got to worry about life. He said, "Uh uh-uh. Number no. one rule in life. No. CYA. What for, does it stand First for? thing we're going to do. What does CYA stand for? Cover your ass. That's right. So uh, he said, the first thing we're going to do is we're calling the uh, DA in Denver, I mean, in Pitkin County, and we're telling him we're accepting service of the subpoena. We are happy to accept service. Been a, there's been a miscommunication here. Mr. Kogler's been wi- willing and and certainly, but he's been busy and out of the office. And in any event, we're willing to accept it. The, the, he, the First lawyer, out the, the lawyer says, "I will accept on behalf of Mr. Kogler," which of course he can do as my as my counsel. Right. So that lessened 
the angst on the part of the on the part of the uh, DA. Uh, he, you know, said, "Oh, okay, we're starting to get a little more real here." Right. Uh, so then uh, we switched, but then you know, Hank kind of took a, a lesser role because that was really his duty was to kind of. Uh, advise me out. on what you know what I really need to be doing, and thank God he was there because it really was a breath of fresh air of rationality and 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 just practical advice from a really really good criminal attorney. So um, at that point, I went out, you know, met with Jay in person. Uh, we spent Hor- this is- Horowitz, yeah, Horowitz, the Denver lawyer, exactly, and I gave him. He and I sat together uh, initially for six hours straight, just talking about this whole uh, situation. And so he, you know, he again reiterated, he's the one that reiterated this whole thing with the extortion claims and that this was not a good situation. And um, so anyhow, the, it was not a fun time at that where we stood at that point. Right. So once I had gotten that that advice and he had talked to the DA, we arranged for me to give my testimony. And it was an open, you know, it was an open deposition. And of course, Paul was there. Okay. When when you depose somebody, you know, a counsel on the other side can uh, can appear. And, That's and what an open deposition means. I, I guess you know you're not talking to a uh, a, a total, totally knowledgeable criminal lawyer. I don't no, know but I mean, I assume if it's closed, that means it's just you and yeah. Well, there's the, the, yeah, you know, it's, one, it's the it's, person it's, deposing you more or less. Yeah, it's not necessarily. I, I don't know whether it's it's normal or abnormal for the and it may have been an, a hearing. I'm the I'm the totally. Uh, clear in my mind of what it was, but I gave my testimony under under oath as to what had happened. Right. So uh, they had that, and so the the DA was considering everything because they had uh, he they had statements that had been made by Paul because they had talked with Paul. Uh, that they also. Uh, took testimony from um, one of the guys that was in the group of guys that kidnapped us. The cronies. Yeah, this guy was not, you know, this guy wasn't real brilliant, but. That's uh, why he's a crony. At least. Can I can I pause you for one second? Yeah. So where is Bill at this point? Bill is. And does B- Bill's doing his, his thing. I don't, I don't know what he's doing because he and I are not in business anymore together. He went off to try to make a living, and I think initially, you know, his father was in the furniture business, and I think he was doing some uh, what they call gobs, going out of business sales with his father. But you know, I just, I, I guess maybe I would have uh, talked with Bill uh, to tell him what I was doing, you know. Because, but there was no, he didn't have a an attorney. There was nothing. No, he was never deposed. There was none. Of, so this was all just 
I don't think you he were was, the one who brought the civil case and all of that. He well, did. we would have no, we would have brought the if had a case been brought. No case was ever brought, right? So there was no complaint ever filed. We just had this lawyer that I mean, he was purportedly representing Bill as well. Yeah, it was the two of us together. It's just that uh, I guess you know Bill felt like you know we were I was handling things because I was the lawyer. You know, interesting. Okay. So, so he was just on the sidelines, basically. Well, I mean, he knew, you know, I, I contacted him after we found out about all this crap going on with the lawyer in California and uh, the extortion claims. And, and I told him it, this was this was a bad deal. This thing had gone from, you know, from, ooh, maybe we can get out of this, you know, uh, with getting our money back or right. getting money. Uh, for all this nightmare we went through, and uh, it flipped over, and now, you know, maybe we're the ones that are going to get into trouble uh, because of the way this thing had been handled. So he knew he knew that he just wasn't involved in the, you know, him. I and maybe that was partly my doing because I didn't I didn't want him giving what you know his style of. of <laughs> information you know i i wanted to give the unvarnished facts right to the lawyers so we could get some decent advice you sure. know based on reality not not that bill was not living in reality it's he tends to embellish he tended to embellish things sometimes so i wanted to make sure our lawyers were dealing with 100 reality right. no embellishment uh, and that was, and that included the fact that Bill, you know, might have embellished, uh, you know, information when he was dealing with Paul. Sure. Yeah. So there was the possibility Paul freak, you know, went freak freakazoid because he felt like somebody was lying to him. Well, it's starting to sound like that's a very high possibility. It's, it's certainly possible. How probable? I don't know. Uh, nobody will ever know. No. Uh, but the fact that you put him on the sidelines. And you were his partner, says to me yeah, that yeah. I, I thought he was, there was a little problematic in the entire situation. I thought, well, I thought there was clearly issues between Paul and Bill. And, you know, clearly it wasn't to anybody's benefit uh, to getting Bill deeply involved in this. Plus the fact it was quicker and, and more efficient for me as a lawyer, since I was a participant and a lawyer, to deal with the lawyers. Because by this time... You know, technically, we still had the guy in California. We've got a lawyer in Denver. Two, we had two lawyers in Denver. You know, the the original Denver lawyer. Then we had Jay. Right. And now we've got a, a lawyer in Jacksonville. Although the Jacksonville lawyer was really representing me. Sure. Um, but so now we've got a bunch of lawyers involved, which is always a joy. <laughs> uh, but in any event. So... Sounds like we're getting to a joke about screwing in a light bulb here <laughs> in a minute. Oh, well, how many lawyers no, does it no, take no. to? No, it's not so in a much that. Bulb. It's just, you know, once you get lawyers involved, things always get complicated, <laughs> depending on the lawyer, I guess. <laughs> um, so once that had occurred, or, or at that juncture uh, in dealing with the DA, I think the DA. Yeah, you, that, went, you went in, you were deposed. Yeah. So now he had, they had all the testimony from Paul, from this other character, uh, from me. And I think, I'm not sure whether Bill, uh, I don't think that Bill 
the, to my recollection, I just don't recall that when he went out there to testify. I think he did testify, uh, but uh, I wasn't there. Right. And I, there, I, you know, wasn't any need for me to be there. Well, when you, let me back up just for a second. When you went into the, when you went out there to be deposed and you went in and Paul's sitting there with his lawyer in, in the deposition, I mean, was there any, were there any? Well, I don't think feeling? his lawyer, I'm not sure his lawyer was there. So he just he was there. Yeah, because the the, the he wouldn't be he wouldn't be taking any testimony. This was strictly the DA. Right. The DA was the one that served the, the subpoena. There wouldn't have been any questioning by his lawyer. So Paul was just there because he was a party to all this whole mess. Gotcha. So he was he was just he wanted to listen to what I had to say. Sure. Did you guys speak to each other at all? No. 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 Uh, you know, well, never mind. It, it's just he was there. He saw it. That he saw me testifying, and um, I may have heard. I don't know whether. No, I didn't. I didn't hear his testimony. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know what he said. But but the real. Yeah, I'd be real interested to hear his side of the story. Yeah, That's oh sure. yeah, yeah. But I don't think that that part uh, really ever came out. This all ended up being involved with this extortion issue, right? Um, oh, I see. Yeah, it, this, the, that's the all of the kidnapping part. Well, this is tight. No, no, it didn't, it didn't go, go away. Right. It just became secondary yeah. because they had to determine. Wait a minute. Did this? First of all, did this did really happen? happen in the first place? Right. Uh, so, it, it, it ultimately the real situation involved the two lawyers, the our California lawyer. And his lawyer, mm -hmm. and they both had to give testimony. So they were they were deposed, kind of, or gave statements, whatever. And um, you know, our lawyer came out looking not too good because of the taping. Yeah, yeah. It's one thing for somebody to give a recollection, and another thing for somebody to show up with a tape, right? Of of, the, of these guys talking on the phone and the negotiations that were that were involved. So it it really ended up being more about the the potential extortion. Almost like you needed to get another lawyer no, to no, go after the California lawyer for misrepresenting wait, you. Wait, oh, oh wait, we're that is yet to come. Okay, so we ended up. Jay asked me whether I would be comfortable to get take a lie detector test, and I said no problem. And uh, I asked Bill the same question. He said, no problem. So we each went to uh, Pitkin County, which is Aspen. Right. And we each gave, took a lie detector test, which, of course, we passed because we were telling the truth. <laughs> this actually happened. Right. Well, sometimes you can just be so nervous that it's tough for them to get a reading and oh, no, something no, no, no. like that. They, they got a, they, they, there was no question the... Y'all, they say you passed the lie right, detector right. test. So the DA was much, much, uh, he was much, I, w I don't want to say happier. He was just felt much more comfortable with the situation, just him personally. Right. But uh, what he ended up telling Jay, not me, is he told Jay, he said, look, this thing is is so tainted at this point. Because of these 
what this lawyer in California did, hmm. that to bring this to trial would be almost an exercise in futility. Right. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's always up to the prosecutor whether they're going to bring a case or not. It's, you know, th- there might be something that you believe is egregious and, you know, it and, and it could be a crime. But, you know, the DA, it's just one, it's not, we're not doing stuff like that now. We're, we're you know, we're into much bigger stuff. We only have so much time, so many lawyers. This is all we're going to, you know, this is the level of case that we're willing to take. And unfortunately, this thing looks like at, at best, we might end up with a hung jury or just an acquittal. Right. And and there's going to be a lot of expense involved. We're talking about people traveling and all this stuff. Yeah. We're just, we're going to drop the entire thing. Now. A lot of time and money spent already spent, on your part. Well, on lawyers. Uh, now, Harold, my brother, had funded the lawyer out in California for us because we didn't have any money. Uh, Jay was working on, he was just, Pro you know, I, I did come up with a retainer. Oh, you know, I scraped up some enough money to uh, get, get him a retainer. But he was really working kind of on the come because he right away told me, we've got one hell of a cause of action against this lawyer in California. Right. He said, this guy has just screwed, screwed the, he's, well, he screwed the pooch. He really just blew it. He got all caught up uh, in this idea that he was going to recover all this money. And, uh, and it really turned out that this, other lawyer, Paul's lawyer, really manipulated him, and uh, because of their friendship, they, they knew each other. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was a friendship, but but I think the the California guy thought X yeah. when in fact it wasn't even close to X. This guy, the the, the Paul's lawyer, from the get go, outsmarted him. He outsmarted him completely. Yeah, completely. So he, I mean, he took advantage of, of the familiar. And yeah. so the fact that they had any type of relationship, you know, automatically you feel like there's some bond and, and from your lawyer. Yeah. And so he's just, and it wasn't that way. So um, we had, well, there were, without getting into it too deeply, Jay really went after this guy. You know, and the California lawyer, the California lawyer. And, you know, of course, most lawyers carry malpractice insurance, which, you know, he did. It wasn't significant malpractice. There was something there. But the threat was there for us to go after him, irrespective of the malpractice insurance and go after him personally. Right. And uh, get his personal assets. Well, it turned out this guy was kind of a uh, empty suit. From a, an asset standpoint, oh. he was, uh, you know. There just wasn't much there. No, it wasn't much there. But it's all, all we, flash. We got no, no we, we did get a six-figure settlement oh. from him, which paid Jay. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, it got us a little bit of money. You know, I'm not saying it wasn't. You know, to somebody that has no money, it definitely 
helped sure. uh, to with us with the, our relo- relocation, and but it was split between Bill and I. I right. mean, so we didn't make all, and it wasn't you know wasn't seven hundred fifty grand. No, it was it was in the low uh, six, six figures. Sure, but nevertheless, it was sufficient money to pay Jay uh, to pay uh, Hank and to cover our my travel expenses back and forth to Denver umpty um times. And still be able to put some money in in our it, bank account, right? So from that that ju- that juncture, it uh, we did get recompensed, not anything close to the nightmare you know, that we had been through. No. But hey, look, at least it it we did get somewhere with it, and that really is that's the ultimate end of the beefalo deal. There were no, thank God. There were no um, complications with the bar. On the flip side, the guy out in California really ended up, besides uh, getting wiped out personally, financially, because he had to pay us, Right. he got in trouble with the California bar. Oh, wow. So he really ended up with a nightmare as well. I mean, I'm not saying I... I feel bad for him because he really screwed us over. Oh yeah, big time. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, at the same time, it wasn't an intentional screw over. It was just he got manipulated and he wasn't he wasn't the best of the best of the best. So it just didn't work out very well. Hmm. But uh it does play for an interesting story. Oh yeah. I mean wow. Just <laughs> to, I mean, who would have thought you know, that that's, that's the road that it would have gone down. You know, you had already been through enough with Paul, but then to deal with, uh, you know, that with, with the lawyers. But like I said, I mean, that's true Kogler fashion, just, just going from, from, you know, what you would think would be a cut and dry to, we're going to turn this into a really difficult situation for ourselves and have to figure out how to dig ourselves out of it. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it turned out that the uh, those the the papers, the document, the papers that uh, Paul had me sign in the back of the car mm-hmm. was prepared by this lawyer and uh, that was on the other side. That it was his lawyer. It oh, was interesting. Their lawyer. Yeah, and it it, uh, it although I don't know how I think J- in Jay's discussions. With the other lawyer out, uh, Paul's lawyer, I think the intimation was that Paul was not forthcoming to him as to what what was going to go on. Not that he admitted that we had been, you know, that he Held admitted he knew, any, anything, like knew anything about anything. Right. He just said that, you know, Paul said that uh, he had... He and we had agreed that uh, we were just going to split up the no deal and we were going to pay him back X dollars. Right. And we were going to sign these mutual releases. Everybody was going to go on with life. So it was a pretty simple deal as far as the lawyer. He didn't realize what was going on in you know Paul's head uh, about what he what his ideas were, how he was going to get this thing. Cause we certainly had no idea that's where his head was. Right. But in any event, 
That's that is. But it would have come down to a he said, she said, like oh, always. Because always. I mean, whether you were always, you know, even though you signed under duress, I mean, he could have equally said no. That you signed it willingly. And- oh no, no. I mean, as far as uh, those documents being enforceable, uh, there there was just too much involved in that, and none of it, none of it made any sense. I mean, why would we? You know, we're here. We've got this deal. You know, we've told everybody and his uncle right. in in Denver that we're going to be closing this. Uh, my, you know, all of our embryo transplant facility guys, everybody was aware that we were going to be getting this huge influx of cash to you know take the business to the next level. So there were we had there there were so many people involved in this thing that knew that's what was going on. And then Paul himself had told people, you know, in our office right. that he planned on making this. So there was, it, it was a foregone conclusion that this deal was in the works. And uh, so it, I think we, there would have been clearly no way to enforce those agreements hmm. because they were signed under duress. But it, we never had to come to that because the whole thing just went gone. Well, a little more than that, but yeah, sure. Yeah, it wasn't just a blow in the wind, <laughs> that's for sure. Another uh, months of uh, of uh, acid indigestion, mm. you know. And mom, you know, I mean, the whole thing with the subpoena thing, she was scared to death. Not, not because, you know, of any personal fear on her part, but just because of the this constant dread of, you know, who's going to show up at the door. Right. And I'm being told, you know, this lawyer's told us to not. So she doesn't know how to handle it. And I probably wasn't that great at telling her what was going on. So sure. it, was, it was not a good time for her. And certainly not a good time for you or Lisa either. It was uh, stressful. Yeah. Extremely, as you said, you know, you all you have a recollection of being Huddled in a room yeah. with mom. So. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I just don't remember. I don't remember a whole lot. And as a kid, I mean, you know, m- mom always did her best to just, I think, just yeah. keep the day to day moving along. And I'm outside playing. And, yeah, you know, I didn't. I was getting into my own little bit of trouble. And I'll be honest with you. There were times. Uh, I mean, much later. You know, like ten years, fifteen years after. I just had this burning desire to try to find Paul right. and see if I could, you know, just to get a side, you know, of uh, what actually transpired. I mean, statute of limitations is gone. Sure. Everybody's, you know, just I would like to know what caused that whole thing. But I could never find him. I don't have any idea where he is. Uh, so we're putting it out there. Paul, if you're listening, <laughs> we'd would, love to have you call that, in. and that, uh, would, that would be an interesting give us, deal. Uh, yeah. Give us but, the, but your side dis- of the story. We're not disclosing his name or anything no, else. No, but Paul, you know who you are. Yeah. And parties that were involved know who, who it yeah. was. And This was, so. uh, what was this? This would have been 20, 40 years ago. About forty years ago, yeah. So, I have no idea if he's even alive. Right, could be dead. Could be, could be. Don't know. Um, I know Jay has passed away, unfortunately, uh, and that was just terrible. So, Cancer. 
Yeah, he got cancer and, right. and died oh. in in Denver, but had a fabulous career. You know, was a just really successful criminal lawyer. Um, the other parties, I don't. Yeah, you know, I never. Hank, could. you know, obviously he's still. You said oh, yeah, he's still Hank. practicing. Oh, yeah. Hank is a primo uh, a criminal lawyer in in Jacksonville's and has uh, tried really high profile cases. What's the name of the firm? You uh, give him a plug. Yeah, I would if if uh, you you struck me at the wrong time. Oh boy, uh, John, I, I'll I'll think of it sooner or later. But uh, yeah, Hank Cox, Henry Cox, C O X E. Oh, yeah. Okay. Not, not the normal. No. He's He's got an E on the end of his okay. name. And that's for a reason. <laughs> he, he the man. He the man. Yep. All right. It's, and it's the California the, lawyer? It's called the Bedell Firm. Ah, B-E-D-E-L-L. The Bedell Firm. Okay. And we are looking for a sponsorship. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. No, we had... Uh, and and Hank of Hank and I have had uh, many interesting uh, cases uh, that we'll eventually get into on the on the podcast. Oh, cool! Oh, yeah, yeah, many and and the intrigue will make this pale in comparison. Oh, wow! Yeah, much much deeper intrigue and much bigger fish to fry. I have a big smile on my face right now. I, I, am, I figure I, I don't know anything about these cases. I don't believe. I, I mean, yeah. you never really discuss. I mean, oh no, you and I. I as yeah. I've gotten older, I mean, it, well, of course, you have your own life to lead. lead. Well, sure, but I mean, we never really discussed any of these stories growing up. I don't know anything about you know yeah, really yeah. what you did. Well, that's true. That's true. Know. Well, of course, as I mean, as a lawyer, I rarely. Uh, would never have discussed any of this with you, you or your sister. And I really never uh, discussed anything with mom about, uh, about when I was in law practice, you know, any, any cases involving my clients, I never disclosed anything to mom. Uh, well, legally you aren't supposed to. Is that, oh yeah. yeah no, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely confidential. And that includes your mother. Right. Uh, but no, I, I mean, by that time, you know, the, all of these other things, uh, I was no longer in private practice, so I was then part of a corporation and uh, international business. So, th- uh, totally different, mm-hmm. but very interesting. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>